Today I want to talk about covenant love. Covenant love. Uh, and when I, because when I say that, when I talk about covenant love, some of you may know what I'm talking about and some of you may not know what I'm talking about. Just say it. Just get it. by uh, Everybody shout covenant. Covenant. Uh, a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, Diana had some uh, pain. Some of you probably remember some strange pain in her, uh, in her left shoulder and arm. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're not supposed to have pain in your arm. And uh, it was just dramatically the most pain I've ever seen her in. And, uh, and so I won't go into all of that. It, it, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know the story, but... We went to three physicians and got three different diagnoses. Okay? Three physicians, three entirely different diagnoses. The third one was right. All right? And uh, so first one I said tennis elbow, which I said, she don't play tennis. All right? Second one. Pinched nerve. Third one backed off and said, you got shingles. And she was right. All right. And uh, so uh, praise Jesus. That's over. Hallelujah. Uh, anybody ever had that before? Anybody ever had that before? Because people have had it. At, you know, you say, well, that's just, you know, that means you're old when you get. But I know some people that are quite young that have had it as well. It's like the chicken pox. Really what? It's chicken pox virus. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you your diagnosis right now, all right? But uh, all I can say, it was painful. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because I think the most crucial step towards healing is often having the right diagnosis. Now, look at me. Some of us have too many doctors giving us the wrong diagnosis. People that we trust, people that we're listening to, okay? We will Google everything. We think Google is the doctor. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't Google stuff. I'm, I'm, because, I'm, you know, I, you just have to understand that if you're Googling things, a lot of things you're getting are just advertisements anyway. Did, did I get a yes from anybody? Uh, so, so we're Googling, and sometimes that means we're just seeing what everybody's saying. What, what's everybody saying? So then maybe if we can get the popular opinion of the internet, then we'll decide, well, that's what it is. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's true. Hello. So here's the truth. Uh, it's, uh, it's Valentine's season. Ooh, I'm going to buy some chocolates and eat them. Uh, but... Uh, it's Valentine's season. For some people, it's like, yes. And for other people, it's like, yuck. Right? They both start with a Y. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just Valentine's. And other people, it's like, you know, what am I going to do? It's just weird. So I can't, I can't fix immediately where everyone is at the moment. Because for some of you, what I'm going to talk about is going to help you right now. For some of you, you already got it fixed anyway. For some of you, you need to understand that some of the diagnoses that you've had for your condition are wrong. And for some of you, this is about the future, okay? Because, uh, got, any, got anybody that really does not want the next generation to make the same mistakes that you made? That, that's a lot of hands just went up in the air. So, so when I share this word, uh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't mean to be tap dancing and tiptoeing right now around this word. I just want you to know that I understand that there are people in different situations in life right now. Do you get that? I understand that. So I want you to reach into this word and I want you to learn it because this word is not just for you. It might be for somebody else that you're going to talk to. It might be for children or grandchildren. It might be for nieces and nephews. It might be for the kid who just hangs out. You know, it might, it might be for a future relationship. It might be uh, an answer to the pain of a relationship that is broken. And you might be down the road. So uh, 
are you ready for this? I, I just want you to understand. Relationally, people are talking about relationship problems. In our culture, relationships are failing. Our culture is shaping our thoughts rather than God's word. And culture is leading us down a path that does not work. Amen. Did I say that loud enough? Yes. So I... I, my, my purpose, I want, you to, I want to show you that great relationships are all birthed out of a great relationship with God. Always. All right? And I, and I want us just to see this problem. Perhaps some of you have heard that, you know, again, it's Valentine's weekend. It's the season of love. It's also the season of weirdness. Come on. And anybody remember the 80s? Anybody? I got to be careful when I talk like this. All right? Anybody remember the 80s? Because there was a doctor in the 80s. His name was Dr. Richard Palmer. You guys don't remember this guy? Okay, let me tell you what he taught us. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills going to cure my ill. I got a bad case okay. of loving you. I heard Moni singing in the back. <laughs> your heart sweats. Your body shakes. Another kiss is all it takes. Might as well face it. You're addicted to love. You don't remember the songs? Okay, so. All right, guys, old people do. All right. Anybody heard what was Khalid with Better? Anybody heard that song? I, I don't even know how to sing this song, all right? I, I don't. I mean, it's just the phrase and the things, just, but lyrics. No one's got to know what we do. Hit me up when you're bored, because I live down the street, so we meet when we need it. It's yours. All I hear is nothing feels better than this. Nothing feels better. Hello? Okay, that was, that's 2019, okay? So uh, some of you know that song, just shake your head up and down. Come on, somebody's ever heard that, shake your head up and down. Okay, say yes. Who say yes? <laughs> yes. Here's the fact. There is power in love. Everybody agree? There is massive power in love. There is power in what you call love. Love that is not toxic is the most powerful force. But don't get me wrong. Toxic love is also a powerful force. I'm preaching now. If our families are going to succeed... If our homes are going to succeed, if your marriage is going to make it, we've got to know what real love is and we can do it. You can know, hear me, you can know what true, beautiful, godly love is. But if you don't know it and you don't embrace it, then you could be in trouble of spreading Toxicity like the coronavirus. Bad love kills people. It destroys people's hearts. Come on, tell me the truth. Am I preaching the truth? So I want to talk about covenant love. And again, the same scripture from last week. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God lives in him. So that's the connection. God is love. Now we know that's agape. However, when we say love, what do you mean when you say it? Say you love your family. What do you mean? What do you mean when you say I love you to someone? What do you mean by that? What did you mean when somebody walked in the door today and you embraced them and said, so good to see you. I love you. What did you mean by that? Do you even know? All I know is when I say I love you, everybody feels better. Some people would prefer you not to say it because it's just weird. Are you saying you have a strong feeling? Are you saying you have a fond affection? Are you saying you have a family bond? Are you saying you have sexual desire? What are you talking about? So God defines topics that, that we are being convinced of in our culture. He redefines attraction. He redefines dating. He redefines intimacy and conflict and faithfulness. He redefines 
all of these things that are being defined for you right now. Some say, Pastor, don't you get into my relationships right now. There you go. You're going to start judging me. See, you're all messed up already because anytime I say the word judging, you think, well, the Bible says don't judge and you'll be. The Bible says when you judge, you should make a righteous judgment. That's what the Bible says. Let's just take one little scripture, throw it out of context. The Bible says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. That does not mean we're not supposed to hold each other accountable for unrighteousness. That's not what Jesus was saying. I mean, Jesus the guy who looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Come on. How many want the truth today? Anybody want the truth? Let me show you how it works. Let me show you how it works. I built this built this toy. You're going to love it. Anybody athletic in here? Anybody a little athletic? Okay. Anybody ever played softball before? All right. So, all right. So, here we go. You like that? Is that good? Okay. Anybody want to help me with this? Somebody come up and help me with this. Somebody come up here and help me. Yeah. Becca, come up and help me. John, you can come help me too. You can come and help too, brother. Okay. So, all right, let me move this out of the way. So, all right. Okay, here we go. Now, watch this. Isn't that cool how smooth it is? Becca, come here and help me. Come help me. No, just go ahead and grab it and help me. Okay. No, John, would you come and help me swing this better? Okay. All right, and that's what your relationships are looking. I'm going to swing it. I will. Okay, everybody quit. Okay. I'm going to do this myself. Swing it the other way now. Hey, hey, okay. All right, you guys are just making a mess, okay? Okay, just quit. I don't even want relationships with you guys anymore. All right? When Jesus is at the center of it all, when God's word is at the center, this is the way love works. But when you get everybody else's hands into it, everybody else's opinion into it, and then you end up pushing people away. You see what I'm saying? Now, what would happen? Come here, Becca. Help me. Put your hand right here. Right here with my hand. Okay, let's do this together now. Okay, look at that. See how that works now? Because we're not fighting over it. We've allowed God's word to be at the center of our relationship. Amen. What God says about intimacy, what God says about love, what God says about relationship. Look how beautiful that is. Thanks, sis. All right. Everybody understand? Yes. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you, Becca. Aren't they amazing athletes, aren't they? God is calling us to live in this world and not to be of it. God wants us to live in it, not to be of it. Now, I'm aware of something that might be startling. Our culture is in a rapid state of decline. Okay? It's in a rapid state of decline. We are not far from the return of the Lord Jesus. Some actually believe that in order to have love and to love effectively, we need to change what the Bible says about love. Yeah, in our culture, that's the answer, isn't it? In order for us to love effectively, we can say, well, now that doesn't work for me, and that doesn't work for me, and that doesn't work for me. Uh, what we need to be able to do is stand firm and to love right. Anybody remember the greatest commandment in Matthew 22? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When, when you love God and receive His love, you will then be able to love others. Okay? I love others. Now I'm going to see if I can make that work with my relationship with God. No, I, I love God first. Everybody say, love God first. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. So if I love Him with all of my soul, my mind, I'm loving him with my mind and my will and my emotions are connected to God and his word. So well, I don't know. Now you tell me to be legalistic. Do you remember my teaching yesterday on grace and the law? Remember that? There's tension right there. Do you feel that tension? As soon as I say it, you can feel the tension in this room 
As soon as I tell you that we need to depend upon God's word. Now, wherever you are in relationships right now, aren't you glad that God loves you right where you are? Somebody praise God. He loves me right where I am. But what I need to do is accept his love and his grace and move in the direction of his word. I need to move fully in the direction of God is in control. So so this is Valentine's week and I want to help you become great lovers. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't want us to just have love. I want you to have love that will last. And I I think we know more about falling in love than real love. Because some of us, some of you fell in love and it was more like falling out of a tree. (laughs) Well, Pastor Rick, I think I just told somebody's story right there. I didn't fall in love. I fell out of a tree. Somebody write a song like that. Would you do that? I'm going to give you a few statements you can fill out in your notes. One, love is always a decision. Love is always a decision. I couldn't help myself. I just fell in love. Love is always. Say it with me. Love is always a decision. Now, look at the scripture. You know, 1 Corinthians 13. We always quote this one or somebody stands up and reads this scripture at people's weddings. Okay. Nobody pays attention to it. But they do read it, okay? Because it's the love chapter. Now look at this. Love always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes and always perseveres. You got that? Love never fails. What does love do? Love always Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. The operative words are love And always. All right? That's the decision. I can hear you say, if you loved me, you would protect me. Well, I protect you because I have chosen to love you. Do you hear that? I will trust you because I have chosen to trust you. I will be hopeful because I choose to have hope. I will not give up. Because I choose to love you. Is anybody in the room with me? I know this sounds difficult, but when you let God work in your life, it's a possibility. I I know many people have marriage brokenness. Can I tell you this? Somebody say the past is over. Somebody say the past is the past. So we're working from here forward. I love you so much that I'm going to tell you the truth. So, so the truth is about unconditional agape love. I want lasting love in my marriage. I want lasting love in my relationship. We are in the church. We love one another. How does that work? We choose to love each other. Sometimes I don't like some of you. I choose to love you. I, I, I throw out Dionysus' marriage. Quite a bit. I, I, mean, I don't mean I throw it out. I mean I, I share with you. And, and some of this is my experience. I've been married not as long as some, but longer than others. We've been married 38 years. And sometimes when I put up pictures, or Diane and I put up pictures, somebody will write afterwards, hashtag goals, something like that. I like that. So I thought I'd take you back. She saw me first before I ever saw her. I was singing at a, at a, a camp meeting. She was in the back and she saw me. <laughs> Later on, my dad moved our family to the church that her dad and his family lived and worked in. And I saw her. But I wasn't interested at first. She was too young. And both of us are older now. I mean, no, two years don't make such a difference when you're like, anyway. And, but we were mutually drawn to each other. It's been a journey. So please don't, don't just idolize our marriage. We had, we've had parts, okay? The toughest part of our marriage was the first five years. The toughest part of most people's marriage is the first five years. And that's because you don't know how to do life together. We're just figuring it out, having kids, being broke, just doing life. And... Uh, Anybody, anybody get married broke besides me? I mean, her daddy did not give me a dowry. He did not. He did not. He let us use his pickup truck to move to the apartment. He did let us do that. But 
You have, listen, you have to work things out. I'm, I'm saying that the, did I say this earlier? The former is even better than the latter. We're like in the best place we've ever been in our relationship. It keeps getting better. Now, I, I want to explain this to you because this is about covenant love. Here's a few pointers. If you want love that will last, come on, young folk, unmarried folk, people who are married, pay attention to me. You need to make a covenant commitment. A covenant commitment. Commitment is important, but you got to throw the D out of your relationship. Divorce. you got to throw the idea of divorce out. I'm going to explain that to you. I know people that have had all kinds of reasons, right? But you got to throw that out because you are in a covenant. You still don't understand that. I'll get to it. Also, celebrate your differences. Now, I like ESPN. She likes HGTV. But she will watch ESPN with me. And I will bear HGTV with her. I will just bear through it. But here's the deal. I didn't want to marry me. Do you understand? She, if you know Diane and I, you know we're different. You know I could talk your right leg off. And she could just look at you. And go home. Doesn't mean she doesn't love you. She got stuff to do. You don't get this. Anybody get this? Because you have this opinion that we just got, everybody's got to be the same. Everybody's not like you. And the person you marry, you better choose to love one another because there are going to be some things that are not like you that you don't like. Here's something I've learned. I can be irritated or I can appreciate. I appreciate the differences in my relationship. I need her. She needs me. I'm grateful for her administrative leadership. She's grateful uh, for something about me. We're trying to figure that out. I, my incredible good looks, my vision. She loves my vision. Work on communication. Say it. Everybody everywhere needs to hear me. The average couple spends four minutes a day in conversation. A lot of that is who's going to put gas in the car? How much do we owe? Uh, why didn't you do that? Four minutes in conversation. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to make a judgment. Don't be judgment. I'm going to judge. That's bad. All right? So you need to work on communication. While I'm saying that, since I said money, work out money together. Work out your schedules together. Take a Sabbath day every week together. Did I say that? Some people don't believe in rest these days. When I say rest, I mean take some time where there's no production. Where you can just be together. Where you can just spend time. You can take a walk. You can go sit at the beach. You can do something. You need, to br you need a break. You need a break. And you need to schedule that together. Okay, keep going. Because you're all saying, please, Pastor, get to number four. Feed the romance. We got any married couples in the room? Where are you? Where are my married couples? Feed the romance. All right? Ever since I was a boy, we've always had a fireplace. My family, when I, when I grew up, we had a fireplace in the house, and I loved to take care of the fire. Always did. I could build a fire, go get the wood, and take care of all of that. Here's something I found out about uh, fireplaces is uh, if the fire goes out, it's not the fire's fault. If you want it to burn, you're going to have to put a log on that thing. I'm telling the truth right now. Sometimes you just got to stoke it up. Last year we bought bikes. We had some old bikes, but we bought some cruisers because we just liked it. Started something new. We take walks. We have talks. We sing to each other. That's good for us because we're decent singers. Some of you probably ought to just listen to music. but. <laughs> I make sure she has what she needs. She makes sure I have what I need. I'm going to pause right there and just let you think about what I just said because I ain't going to talk much more about that. 
You understand what I just said? Okay, thank you, Ty. If you're going to be, if you're going to feed the romance, you need to be intentional. Say, well, he's just not romantic. Okay, he needs to be more romantic. But you go ahead and be intentional anyway. And then talk about it. Intentionality. How am I doing? Is this all right? And then, like I said earlier, keep God, keep Jesus at the center of it all. If you love God, come on. If you love God, then love him. If you leave God out, it will fail. Psalm 127 and 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. In order for a relationship to work, let the one who designed relationship define it. And ask God to speak into your relationship. Because God defines relationship in a single word. Covenant. Somebody say it. Covenant. So, I, I, again, no looking back, no matter what your past is. All right, learn from your past. Here we go. We're going to talk about covenant love. I want you to look at Malachi chapter 2. In verse 13, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your, offspring, or on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, everybody say it, why? why? How many have ever said that? Everybody said that? You ask why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Okay, again, when I look back, we're right where we are right now. The Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. So many of our tears, even at the church, is because you're not doing it God's way and not doing it God's way will bring you in tears. And I know I'll preach this and some of you say, well, Pastor, I heard you preach last Sunday. I ain't coming back. I ain't coming back and listen to that mess. Okay, go home and do it your way. You will end up coming back and crying on my altar. Okay, and you'll call me on the phone and say, Pastor, how did this happen? What happened? And I'll say, I have to say to you, look, wherever you are, come on, let's, I love you. I bless you. But then I still need you to say, wait a minute, what happened? When did we decide that we would do it our way rather than God's way? Amen. You crash? Come on, how many have ever crashed and come back before? Anybody lift your hand? Anybody crashed and came back? There you go. Grace, Jesus, welcome back. I love you guys. And then he goes on. Let me go on with the next part of this. Uh, verse 14. Go on to the next slide. I believe there's another slide. You've been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. Wait. I thought he just saved my soul. He also wants to save your body. You belong to him how? Body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. Why? Because it will affect my children. The man who hates and divorces his wife says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect says the Lord God Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. What he's saying here, okay, and I don't want you to lift your hand right now, but I know many, many of us have been divorced, okay? I know that. So I have never spoken to somebody who said, that was such a great divorce. <laughs> I just don't hear that. What? We got a divorce. And we're going to go out to Chili's afterwards and have some tacos. Because we get... Divorce is not fun. People come to me and tell me, you know, I'm going to get divorced. Here's what the Bible says. Divorce is violent. And I know because I've walked so many people through it. It's painful. It hurts. It's never, never, never pretty. Oh, that was a beautiful divorce. Nobody says that. When two people want to overcome the mess that their marriage is. Guess what? It is redeemable, but it takes two. It takes how many? It takes two. Both of them. Because some people say, well, I, you know, I don't want this. But it takes two people 
in order to redeem it, especially when you're so far away. Now, let me give you this fundamental truth. I want the kind of relationship that God has. It's called a blood covenant. A blood covenant. All right. Luke 22, in the same way, remember this? After the supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is, this is the best relationship. Watch what happens, okay? When I receive his blood, I become his family. Did you get that? Anybody ever done that before? I don't know. I think some, uh, so there, there are some places where they've done like the marriage covenant where they actually cut their hands and push their hands together and tie their hands together with the understanding that you are now truly family, okay? Okay, now here's the idea. In relationship, what you're going to do is the two of you are going to enter into a blood covenant. Now, physiologically, when you wait until you are married to consummate that marriage... Blood literally flows. Okay? Ask your doctor. It's the truth. Okay? Something is broken and there is blood that flows. Now, now listen, listen. In the Old Testament, you want me to tell you guys the truth? You want me to just kind of sneak around? Okay. So in the Old Testament, Abraham entered into a covenant, something called circumcision. The blood flowed in a, because of a relationship with God. And then the blood flows again when marriage... Listen, can I tell you this? You're not supposed to have sex before you're married. Okay, now some people say, Pastor, that's just old-fashioned. No, it's called the Bible. It's what the Word of God says. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, I'm not telling you to go leave the church now because we're not going to have a hand raising today on how many did. Okay? What I'm saying is, is that when you look at the way that God created us and put us together, it was all a sign of a blood covenant. Now, how many love your... Anybody got kids? How many love your kids? Okay. How many of those kids were bad? How many of those kids... How many had kids that were rebellious on occasion? Anybody ever have a kid? Anybody ever have a two-year-old? Okay. How many ever thought, is there somebody that could keep this two-year-old? Say about four or five years, I'll come back and pick that child up. All right. They're cute at two, but wow. I don't hear too many people divorcing their children. You know why people don't divorce their children? Because those children are blood relatives to them. And so they will keep telling them, you're such a good gift. I thank you, Kim, for adding that. You're a good gift. I, I love you. They'll go crazy. They'll go nuts. You'll keep chasing them down. One day they're going to come back. One day they're going to be home. One day they're going to get through that. You just keep loving them and loving them. You don't ever send them a note. We're going to go to an attorney and we're going to officially split up. Because I don't like you anymore. Obviously you are not showing me the love that I need so you're not my child we're going to do it legally we're going to split up the furniture anybody in the house with me understand that the reason that you don't work through it with your husband and your wife is because you don't believe it's a blood covenant you never stood in the presence of God first you stood in the presence of one another and you decided as long. Look, I wish people would help me with these wedding vows. I wish you'd tell me what you really mean before I marry you. Okay? Stop lying at the altar all the time. Okay? We should just have this one. You know, love, honor, cherish. Yeah, all those things are important. But that last one, till death do us part, is really a big deal. Really what we mean is I take you as long as you do what I hope you would do. As long as you don't get a bad attitude. Okay, 
And certainly, you know, Scripture, you're going to say, well, Pastor, you know, there are situations. I get that. I'm not telling you to stay in a house and be beat up. I'm not telling you to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, what I'm saying is that there is a better path, and the path is the blood covenant. Are you still in the house with me? This is how God sees it. When you're married in blood covenant, you are flesh of one flesh. You are the same blood. You are family. You are not in a contract. You are in a covenant before Almighty God. And you need to remember that. You need to hang a cross on the wall somewhere with your pictures on it. Jesus. Anybody ever read the Bible? You know, the story like the prodigal son, child fails. You ain't coming back. That doesn't happen. You, listen, pray, get counsel, fast, talk, learn, choose to get through the season. Begin to look at one another as the same flesh. Amen. Covenant love relationship isn't for the good days only. It's based on mutual relationship and mutual commitment. A covenant surrenders your rights and assumes responsibility. A covenant has the interest of the other in mind. Okay, I just say a couple more things and we'll close up. A couple of principles that will enable you to have the loving relationship that God wants you to have. And again, number one, love is not a feeling. It is a choice. Say it. Love is not a feeling. It is a choice. Listen, your feelings will lie to you. If you mean passion, it could leave. Sometimes you feel passionate about Jesus and sometimes you don't. That don't mean you go burn your Bible. Sometimes, come on, you're going to have passion more than at other times. Feelings come and go. You don't always regulate them. So you say, you're in love. You're about to get married. And you're very much into each other. Kissing and all that right at the altar. There will be days when you don't feel like a big wet kiss. You say, well, you say, well we're best friends. But sometimes you're not as friendly as you should be. What happens when there are problems that overcome your family bond? Listen, if your love means an emotion... You will be unstable. When God tells us that he loves us, he is, he is saying, I will never change my mind. Amen. I am in love with you. Some, some of us were saying chemistry is good. It's not about chemistry. It's about the love of God. Amen. Anybody receive this? Agape doesn't need chemistry. Agape will never say, I don't love you anymore. Agape doesn't run out of feel, feelings or will. But if you have a feeling, you're going to run out of the feelings. Um, say, say this, mind, will, emotion. Say it, mind, will, emotion. I know the truth. I know the truth. It's settled in my mind. I'll make my decision based upon the truth. Somebody says, well, how do you feel about it? Just follow your gut. Stop telling people to do that. Why are you being the voice of the devil in other people's lives? Follow the truth. Don't follow your feelings all the time. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? How do you know you love them? I choose to love that individual. Yes, you're attracted. Yes, but you're attracted because of the godliness, because of the holiness, because they love Jesus more than they love you. And because she loves the Lord and you love the Lord and you're putting God at the center of your relationship, you will choose to be together even in bad times. Come on, don't, don't let, come on, don't let your emotions drive this. Say, I feel this way. I know this is what the truth is, but this is what I feel. Right. You hear me? That would be like telling your two-year-old to drive your car. Come on, Amy, jump up to the front seat and drive. You're not getting out of the driveway. You're not getting down. Listen, emotions are the caboose. They are not the engine. They should follow right thinking and right choices. And I feel good because of that. It's not, this is what makes me feel, that's why you're a drunk. 
Because you're just medicating yourself to make your emotions feel a certain way. That's why you study God's word and know God's word and you listen to. Come on. That's why we do this. There's going to be a wreck if you just follow your emotions. Do you see how miserable people can be just by chemistry? You know, come on. Hollywood marriages. Hello, hello. Got all kinds of money. You can feel the pool with the money, but you can't spend time together. Come on. You need Jesus in your relationship. You know how you love? You put on love. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. John, again, John 4, 16. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. You put on love, and the feelings will follow. Kind of like saying, why did I put this coat on, and I'm not warm yet? It's because you haven't worn the coat long enough. I hear a lot of that going on in certain mmm I love you. I love you. This is also true in the church family. I love you. Come on, tell somebody, I love you. When I say I love you, church family, I put on love. It's not a fake, I'm not faking you out. I'm saying I'm gonna. I'm going to stand with you. We're going to protect one another. We're going to care for one another. We, said, we put on love. We said, I came to church and nobody even hugged my neck. Well, some of you don't want to be hugged. All right? And that's cool. I'm good with that. I, it's not a big deal. I get over that. It'll hurt me just a little bit. I'm going to love you anyway. Anybody receive that? You, somebody, they didn't shake my hand. I didn't see anybody. They didn't smile at me when I registered my kids downstairs. That's impossible. You love people not because of their smile. You love people because God loved you. Come on. Our capacity to love comes from receiving love. We love each other because he first loved. We are able to love each other because he first. Ephesians 3.17. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart. Living within you as you trust him. May your roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand how long and wide and deep and high his love really is. And experience his love for yourselves. What is the foundation of our love? His love. He loved me first. I went into a covenant with him. Let me, let me tell you about the marvelous love of Jesus. It's length, it's width, it's depth, it's height. I pray that you would begin to know and be set free. I pray. I know you're not perfect. I know you have failed. I know you're struggling. But I pray that today you would enter into a love relationship with God. Are you ready to do this with me? How many received the word today? Anybody receive the word? Shout amen. You received the word? Are you going to be better because of it? Are you going to be better? Come here. Stand with me. Ushers, would you assist me? Would you assist me? We are going to, right now, enter into a blood covenant. Are you ready? Pass that communion out. You say, why do you have communion so much? Because people forget who they are. They do. They forget it. Passing out the communion. Bring some to me this way, if you would. I love you, sis. Good to see you. There you go. Now, what we're going to do today, are you, are you standing? Anybody married in this room? If you're married, say amen. amen. Okay. Well, stand close to your honey right now, okay? Stand close. There you go. Some of you stand really close. That's cute. I like that. All right. So. Praise Jesus. All right. Now, I want, you to get, I want you to get your minds off of everybody else now. All right. I want you personally to receive this cup. Come on. Open it up. Open it up. There you go. Open it up. Get the bread in your hand and then open the cup. Praise Jesus. Somebody play a little music somewhere. Back there, that's fine. 
Okay. Now wait. Look at this. Hold the bread in your hand. What did Jesus say about the bread? This is what? And I stopped. So if I'm receiving this, am I flesh of his flesh? Am I flesh of his flesh? Can I get a yes from anybody? Yes. So my body belongs to him. Amen. Is that true? Yes. So I should take this. Help my sister right there. Somebody help my sister. You got it? Oh, she's good. She's good. Okay. Are you ready for this? Now, I don't want you to receive it if you don't want to. I don't want any pressure on you to receive it. I'm just asking, do you want to be the family of God? And the family gets together, they have supper together, and this is the way we have supper. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, what he's saying is, I want you guys to know from now on that you are my flesh. So he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it, eat it, and don't, listen, and don't forget that you are flesh of my flesh. Do you want to enter in this covenant? You want this covenant? Okay. Anybody glad that you're a child of God? Are you glad that you're a child of God? Okay, now I want you to stop pretending. I want you to stop doing religious antics that make you feel good about yourself. Don't take this just out of an emotional overload. I want you to receive this cup today. And when you receive it, Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you. Are you going to divorce Jesus? Anybody want to serve Jesus the rest of your life? You want to, are you going to put love on and joy and hope? You're going to do that? Take this cup. I choose to be in blood covenant with the Lord Jesus. I choose that. I reject sin. I reject, I reject every other idea. And I just come to you, Christ, and I receive this cup. Now in the name of Jesus, receive the cup. Now, don't, don't pick up the trash right now. Just lay it on your seat for a moment, if you would. Because I want you to do something else, okay? I want you to do something else. One, I like my altar workers to come and stand up here in the front. My altar workers to come and stand up in the front. They're my altar teams and my prayer workers, okay? Okay. Watch, watch this. This is going to freak you out, what they're about to do, okay? This is going to freak you out. Okay, you guys ready? You ready to take some directions? Okay. Out here are broken people, but they are in covenant with the Lord Jesus. And some of them desperately need prayer. Their hearts are broken. They haven't gotten over their past. Some of them are so wounded. So would you do this for me? Would you look out there and tell those people that you love them? Would you tell them? Tell them, tell them. Tell them really loud, guy. Altar workers, tell them. Okay? Now, would you open your arms? Just open your arms like this. Okay? You ready to, you ready to receive people? Altar workers? Okay. See my hands right here? I'm ready to give you a hug. I'm ready to take you right where you are. Some of you are in massive brokenness relationally right now. How many know there are people that are in massive relational brokenness? So I want you to know that we're ready to bless you. Listen, some of you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to confess him as your Lord. You need to confess your sin and get on down the road from your past. Some of you may be sick and need healing as well. Some of your relationships are just in a mess right now and you need prayer. Some of you just need to renew that relationship. So those of you that need prayer today and you need to come to Jesus, you're struggling perhaps relationally, these people already love you, so don't be afraid of them. They're not going to shove you down. They're not going to hurt you. They love you. They're your family that have prepared their hearts for prayer for you. So I want you to leave and come down here for prayer. Some of these people, come down and pray. Come down for prayer. You're struggling. Whoever you are, come on down. Love you. Good.
goodness God. Praise God as people come. Just give thanks to God. Okay, you realize you're standing with people that are in blood covenant with the Lord Jesus. Does that feel good? You just received the supper of the Lord. So all around this room, what I want you to do, especially if you're standing next to somebody that you're married, I want you to put your arms around somebody nearby you and remind them these words, because of Jesus. Say it, because of Jesus. Say it, because of Jesus. Because of our covenant with Jesus. I will always love you. I will never leave you. I love you. With the love of the Lord. Would you bless one another. Pray for one another before you leave. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine. I'm going to be gracious to you. Go in the peace of the Lord Jesus. If you're new, please meet me in the Welcome Center. Please. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will